Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. And humility is something that that all of us need, and that is a lesson for us here, and that is this, that God does not delight in prideful people. If you don't choose humility, God will choose it for you. If you don't choose to make yourself lesser than, God will knock you down a peg or two. He does it to Joseph. He does it to all, <laughs> he's done it to all of us, I would imagine. And he does it for a reason, because Joseph needed it in order to be prepared to what is coming next. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Throughout history, people have longed to understand what God's will is for their life. We often struggle with difficult questions and decisions related to our families, careers, our hopes and dreams, and our futures. Sometimes when faced with challenges and hardships in life, our faith can be tested and it becomes hard to understand what God wants us to do. Fortunately for us, the Bible offers many great lessons and encouragement to help us through these difficult times. One great example can be found in the life of Joseph. In this sermon series, we'll be examining the life of Joseph in the book of Genesis to uncover the main theme of God's faithfulness even when life doesn't go our way. Please enjoy the message. My name is Juan. I'm the student pastor. I love getting to hang out here. I love being here when, uh, with you guys in the mornings on Sundays. Most of the time, I'm with our teens upstairs, but anytime that I get the blessing to preach in, in main service, I take it seriously, and, I, and I'm so glad to be able to share with you, especially part of one of my favorite stories in the Bible, which is the story of Joseph. Um, and I, I do believe that God has a really big plan for, for this message this morning, and it's not because I wrote it. It's because this message has come out of a very long and draining week. Uh, if I can just be honest with you, I've had a rough week leading up to this. Last Sunday, I was um, watching football as we do on Sunday afternoons, and uh, I'm watching the Saints just get pummeled, and as a Broncos fan, you guys know how bad it is to be a fan of a team that sucks, and so I'm sitting there watching, and I'm trying this new thing now where like, I don't let my sports team ruin my day because they don't know I exist, and so to them, it doesn't matter. Uh, and so I'm having a good day, uh, even though they lost, and I'm trying to move on with my afternoon with my family, and Elkie runs upstairs and she says, hey, the, the carpet in the basement is wet again. And we've been dealing with what we thought was a, wa- a leaking water heater. I go down there, I open up the, the water closet, and I'm encountered by about this much standing water that is just pouring out into my basement that is all carpet. Why are you carpet a basement? I don't know. And so I grab my shop vac and I, and I start shop vacing it out into the yard and then I realize I forgot to pull the dry filter out. Do you know you have to do that with a shop vac? You can't suck up water with a filter. And so I ruin my filter. I, I get all that out of the way and then I look at the drain at the floor and there's toilet paper all around the drain. And I come to realize it's not washing machine water that I've been vacuuming, it's septic water that I've been vacuuming. And so needless to say, my basement is in pieces, my carpet is ripped up, water mitigation tore it to pieces, and now we're dealing with insurance, we're dealing with HOA, we're dealing with all kinds of things. And I did not want to write this sermon. I, I didn't want to work this week. Um, and I, I, all through that, I, I got to speak at a retreat this Thursday, it was about three hours away, so we have some travel in there as well. Um, and then my voice started failing me. 
And I started thinking, you know, like, why, why this week out of all the weeks when I have to deliver a message in main service? And I don't believe in luck, and I don't believe in coincidences. I believe in spiritual warfare. And I believe that there's a message that needs to be spoken, and Satan's going to do his absolute best to, to shut my mouth. And so if, if I lose my voice halfway through this, and I'll just put my sermon up there, and you guys can read along with me. But I am really excited this morning. Like I said, Joseph is one of my favorite stories that is found in the Bible. And if you haven't been with us the last couple of weeks, we've been reading through the story of Joseph. And let me say this, if you grew up in the church or in an evangelical home and you didn't watch the cinematic masterpiece, Joseph, King of Dreams, can I just tell you, call your parents, call whoever was in charge of you, yell at them and tell them that they let you down. Because this is one of the greatest movies that came out for me as a young child. And you know what? Actually, when we're done here, go home, rent it, watch it. It'll be way better than the Broncos game. They're going to get pummeled anyway. So do yourself a favor. Don't go into depression and watch Joseph and be, you know, sanctified by watching this great movie. But that being said, let's jump into our story as we follow the life of Joseph. Now, we don't have um, a previously in Joseph's life uh, video for me to show to you, but that's one thing we need to do. We need to recap because as pastors, sometimes we forget that everybody doesn't show up every week and you might have missed a few weeks here and there, or sometimes there's people in the room that might not even know who Joseph is. And so I want to give you a quick recap of the story of Joseph. Now, Joseph comes from a very big family. He's got tons and tons of brothers. But the thing about Joseph is that he is the favorite child. Now, maybe you have several siblings. Maybe, maybe you're an only child, which means you are the favorite child. Maybe you are the young sibling and you are the favorite child. Maybe you're the older sibling and you're the black sheep that nobody likes. But Joseph is the favorite child. And Joseph knows it and Joseph decides to display it to the world. He is, one, he is extremely egotistical, walks around with his chest out, puffed out like he owns the place. He thinks he's the next greatest thing than manna from heaven. You know what I'm saying? And so he's walking around and he's making this big scene about how he's interpreting dreams and how his brothers and his father will one day bow down to him, so much so that his brothers finally get fed up with him and they decide, you know what, we're just gonna kill him. And so they make this plan to murder Joseph, and then one of the brothers has a little bit of common sense, and he's like, hey, you know what? Let's not kill him. Let's sell him into slavery, because that's a lot better. So they sell him into slavery. Joseph gets put into this caravan. They go off to Egypt, and when they get to Egypt, Joseph is put on display, and he is purchased as a slave by Potiphar. Now, Potiphar, he works for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and uh, Potiphar is, is part of his guard. Now, Joseph, while he's in Potiphar's home, he is faithful to the Lord, and so the Lord blesses him, and he raises him in the ranks of Potiphar's home, so he's one of, like, the top-level slaves. Um, and while he's there, Potiphar's wife takes a notice of Joseph. She decides Joseph is very good looking. She decides that she would like to sleep with Joseph. And so she comes on to him and she says, hey, do this thing with me. Give me what I want. And Joseph, being a man that, that believes in the Lord and a man of, of, of um, you know, that, that can be trusted, he says, no, I'm not going to do that. You're my, you're my master's wife. I'm not going to do that. And she keeps approaching him over and over and over again. And he keeps turning her down over and over and over again, so much so that finally one day she gets fed up with it and she accuses Joseph of rape. And now Joseph gets thrown into prison without a trial, 
And here we find Joseph in the prison. And while he's in prison, again, he continues being faithful to the Lord and God raises him in the ranks of the prison. And while he's there, he meets two men. The chief cupbearer, whose job was to drink the wine before, he was, before the wine was given to Pharaoh, like that, if it was poisoned, Pharaoh wouldn't die, you would die. That'd be a fun job. And then also the chief baker, same thing. He would eat the bread, he would eat the muffins, the croissants, whatever. And if, <clears throat> if they were poisoned and he died, Pharaoh didn't do it. Something happened where they landed them in prison and that's where Joseph meets them. And they say, we have these dreams that are bothering us. And Joseph says, well, tell me your dreams. I'll tell you what they mean. And they share these dreams with Joseph. Joseph interprets them. They come true. And on their way out of the prison, he looks at the chief cupbearer who is about to be restored to Pharaoh's side. And he says, don't forget me. Hey, when you get out there, tell Pharaoh about me. Tell him about what I've done for you. And he says, yeah, man, I got you. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus, and He changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. And here's where we pick up our story in Genesis 40, verse 23. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. And so we find Joseph in chapter 41 after this one waiting in prison. And it has been two years since the chief cupbearer left the prison. And Joseph has been forgotten. Now, meanwhile, back in the palace, Pharaoh is having his own dreams but nobody in the land can tell him exactly what these dreams mean. So we'll pick up in Genesis 41, verses one through seven, if you are extra holy and you brought your Bible. It says this, two full years later, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing on the bank of the Nile River. In his dream, he saw seven fat, healthy cow come up out of the river and begin grazing in the marsh. Then he saw seven more cows come up behind them from the Nile. But these were scrawny and thin, these cows stood beside the fat cow of the riverbank. Then the scrawny thin cows ate the seven healthy fat cows. At this point of the dream, the Pharaoh woke up. But he fell asleep again, and he had a second dream. This time he saw seven heads of grain, plump and beautiful, growing on a single stalk. Then seven more heads of grain appeared, but these were shriveled and withered by the east wind. And these thin heads swallowed up the seven plump, well-formed heads. Then Pharaoh woke up again and realized it was a dream. So these are the dreams that are plaguing the mind of Pharaoh and nobody can tell him 
exactly what these dreams mean. And at that very moment, though, a light goes on in the chief cupbearer's head, and he's like, whoa, hold on. I know a guy. I know a guy. It's this Hebrew, and he's locked up in the prison, and I probably should have remembered him years ago, but he might still be alive. You should talk to him. He interpreted my dreams, and here I am restored to power. He interpreted the baker's dreams, and he's dead. So he is right. You should go ask him to interpret your dreams. And so as soon as Pharaoh hears this, he sends for Joseph. Joseph gets brought up. He gets bathed. They shave him. They put him in, in, in decent clothing. And they put him before Pharaoh. Genesis 41, 15 through 16. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream last night, and no one here can tell me what it means. But I have heard that when you hear about a dream, you can interpret it. Watch this part. Joseph says, it is beyond my power to do this, Joseph replied. But God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. But God. Now I want you to notice something here, and that is, there is a, there's a very drastic attitude shift happening in Joseph. Remember, he was the kid that was full of himself. He was the one that he thought he was, the, he was God's gift to man. But here we actually see Joseph take a step back and realize that he is not the one interpreting the dreams. He is nothing but a mouthpiece for God to use. We see that Joseph has developed humility. And humility is something that, that all of us need. And that is a lesson for us here. And that is this, that God does not delight in prideful people. If you don't choose humility, God will choose it for you. If you don't choose to make yourself lesser than, God will knock you down a peg or two. He does it to Joseph. He does it to all, <laughs> he's done it to all of us, I would imagine. And he does it for a reason. Because Joseph needed it in order to be prepared to what is coming next. Now Joseph proceeds to tell Pharaoh about his dream. He says, hey Pharaoh, your two dreams are actually one dream. The seven healthy cows and, and the seven plump stalks of, of grain, those signify seven years that Egypt is going to, to, to go gangbusters. They're gonna, you're going to have all of the crops you need. You're going you're gonna to have all the food you could ever imagine. You're going to have so much food. You won't, have nothing, you won't even know what to do with it. And the crops and, and, and the animals and everything is going to be perfect in Egypt. But then the seven unhealthy cows that ate the healthy ones and the seven shriveled up stalks of grain, those signify seven years of famine. Seven years where the land of Egypt is going to be wrecked by a famine and the surrounding lands will too. And this famine is going to be so bad, is going to be so terrible that your people and you will forget about the seven good years. You won't even remember that you had seven years of plenty. And check out what happens next. And we see Joseph's trade of maturity all the things that have been prepping him up to this point, he tells Pharaoh that he needs to find somebody to put in charge, to, to gather food for seven years and to help. Genesis 41, 33. Therefore, Pharaoh should find an intelligent and wise man and put him in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh should appoint supervisors over the land and let them collect one-fifth of all the crops during the seven good years. Have them gather all the food produced in the good years that are just ahead and bring it to Pharaoh's storehouses. Store it away, guard it so there will be food in the cities. That way, there will be enough to eat when the seven years of famine come to the land of Egypt. Otherwise, this famine will destroy the land. So the trait we see here in Joseph is wisdom. 
Joseph has the knowledge, but the wisdom is what helps him put the knowledge into work. And this is a lesson for all of us because we live in a world where knowledge is everywhere. You want to know anything? Pull out your phone. Google it. You want to know Who's winning the ball game right now? Pull out your phone and Google it. You wanna know how to speak a different language? Pull out your phone, you can Google it. The knowledge is everywhere, but you know what we're lacking is wisdom. Nobody knows what to do with the knowledge. So there's a reason why you turn on the TV and you see that the lights are on, but nobody's home and people are just flapping their gums because they have all this knowledge they wanna give, but they have no wisdom. They have no idea how to implement the knowledge and actually do something about it. But that's the difference between wisdom and knowledge and that's the difference between young, dumb Joseph and this new Joseph that is faithful, that is humble, and that is wise because now he knows what is about to happen to Egypt and he knows exactly how to address that issue. Notice how Joseph also doesn't say, put me in charge. Joseph doesn't say, well, Pharaoh, you should appoint me in charge and then I'll do all these things. No, no, no. Again, he's humble. He takes a step back and he says, you need to find somebody. Find somebody you trust. Find somebody that can lead this land. Don't put me in charge. And this echoes the point of humility and this echoes the idea that when we honor God with our humility, God will honor us in return. The same way that God honors Joseph. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, we wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. Let's keep reading, verses 37 through 40. Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone like this man that is so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? And then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court and all my people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have a rank higher than yours. Joseph had so much authority and was so filled with the Spirit of God that nobody could argue that he was the man for the job. Like, Pharaoh asked everybody, can 
Please, name somebody. Anybody better than, than this dirty Hebrew from prison? Nobody? Well, that makes sense because he is so easily filled with the Spirit of God. You can just tell it oozes out of him. And now Pharaoh has a choice to make in this moment, right? He can listen to the messenger of God and save the kingdom and save the, 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 the ancient world, or he can say, thanks, but no thanks. Or, hey, you know what, Joseph, thank you so much. We'll take it from here. I'll have one of my, one of my goons run the, the grain gathering. But he makes a smart choice. Can we find anybody like this man that is so obviously filled with the spirit of God? Side note, what a compliment as a believer to be told that you are so evidently filled with the Spirit of God, where it just oozes out of you. I, I hope that one day somebody would say that about me, and I'm sure that that is, that is a hope that you have as a believer, that that is how people would describe you. But you know when you meet those people, those people that the joy of the Lord just radiates out of them, and, and you know that the Spirit of God lives in them. But the key to, hu to humility is this is that Joseph became the second most powerful man in all of the ancient world in a span of minutes. From the prison to the palace. From dirty slave to second in command. And here's where the humility piece is important. Can you imagine if young Joseph had been given the keys to the kingdom of Egypt? What he would have done? It would have been a train wreck. There is no way that he should have been trusted as a second in command of the ancient world. In 2006, the third pick of the NFL draft went to the Tennessee Titans. And the Tennessee Titans selected Vince Young as their new quarterback. Now, Vince Young was one of the most hyped prospects coming out of college, and they thought they hadn't made, and, and for the record, Vince Young had a phenomenal rookie season, such a good rookie season that he won Rookie of the Year award, and that earned him more notoriety, more money, more, um, you know, chance in front of people, more everything, and ultimately that would lead to him burning out. The next season was a rapid decline for Vince Young. He ended up throwing 17 picks and he only threw nine touchdowns. If you're not a football fanatic, flip those. That, the numbers are not good how they were. And then he ultimately gets replaced by some other quarterback and he bounces around from team to team to team and then he retires from the league and they were interviewing some of his uh, teammates about Vince Young and they said, what happened? He had all these skills. He was phenomenal. He, he, he knew the game of football. He was so talented. What happened with Vince? And every single one of them said the same thing. And they said, he had a legendary level of laziness. Legendary level of laziness. When he would walk in, he wouldn't work out. He wouldn't study the plays. He wouldn't do the things that he needed to do. He thought he was better than everybody else. He lacked humility. He spent his money in all kinds of dumb ways. He bought cars and homes and jewelry and clothes. And he would go as far, and they say he would spend $5,000 a week on cheesecake. What kind of cheesecake are you eating that's $5,000? I want some. But he's spending $5,000 a week on cheesecake, and he fizzled out. Vince Young had all the power. He had all, all, the, all the things in the world that you could ever want but he didn't have a good foundation in Christ. He, didn't ha he wasn't a man of character. And that reminded me, one of the faculty at Ozark would always say this 
at the end of the tour where the new students would come and visit the college, he would say, don't ever let your talent take you where your character cannot keep you. And here's the thing about Joseph. He had a lot of talent. He was very smart. He was very gifted, but he needed that character to keep him in the right place. And that's the same thing with us. You may be talented, but do you have the character from God to keep you in the right place? Do I have the character from God to keep me in the right place? So Joseph gets put in charge of the land and Pharaoh makes sure everybody knows that he's, that he's top dog. And to do this, he gives him four things. He takes his ring off his finger and he gives it to Joseph. He gives him new clothing, fine linen. He gives him a gold chain around his neck and he gives him the rights to the second chariot in the present. Whenever they're going anywhere, Joseph gets to be in the chariot right next to Pharaoh. And he says this in verse 44, and Pharaoh said to him, I am Pharaoh, but no one will lift a hand or foot in the entire land of Egypt without your approval. So Joseph goes from the prison to the palace and has all the power he could ever imagine. Not only that, but Pharaoh also gives him an Egyptian wife from a very, very high level family. And not only that, but he also gives him a new name, an Egyptian name. And that is Pharaoh telling the world he is no longer this dirty Hebrew slave. He is one of us. He belongs to us. He is an Egyptian. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.